This is the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics. The Locked On Aggies podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. If you're not following the show on Twitter, it's at Locked On Aggies. If you're not following me on Twitter, you can do that at TaylorTravis15. You can also like the show on Facebook. Uh, just enter Locked On Aggies in the search bar, click like, and you'll be plugged into all the new episodes, news, and more. There's also a mailbag. Just a reminder, if you ever have a question for the show, if you ever have a question for me, you can do that three different ways. You can either email the show, LockedOnAggies at gmail.com. It's really easy. I respond really quick. I check it often. Uh, you can tweet the show at LockedOnAggies. The DMs are also open, direct messages. If you want to send the show a message, you can also tweet at me at TaylorTravis15. Either way works. You have an equal chance of getting your question read on the show. Uh, it doesn't matter to me which way you do it, whatever is easy for you. But your uh, interaction is very encouraged, very welcomed. I love to hear from the listeners. I love to answer your questions on the show. So if you do submit a question, there's a pretty good chance I read and answer your question on Locked On Aggies. So Texas A&M on Saturday at 6 o'clock on ESPN is going to take on 13th ranked Kentucky. You know, that's still really weird to say 13th ranked Kentucky, and it's not basketball, it's football, which makes it even weirder. But Kentucky coming in the, into the ball game ranked 13th in the country, uh, and I think they deserve it. They look like a really good football team on both sides of the ball. We talked a little bit about it yesterday, but they have Benny Snell at running back, who I think is the best running back in the country. And they also have a defense who is just all around really good. I mean, the front seven is spectacular. And then the secondary ranks number one in the country in pass defense efficiency. So they can get you from a lot of different angles. This Kentucky team isn't the Kentucky team that we used to see in years past. This is a brand new Wildcat football team coming into Kyle Field ranked 13th. Who would have guessed at the beginning of the year that this is one of the biggest games that's going to be played at Kyle Field this year? Not me. I mean, I knew Kentucky would be improved. I knew that they would be a decent team, maybe like a seven-win team at best. But wow, they look good. 5-0, and good wins over South Carolina, over Mississippi State, over Florida. They're looking like they might be the second-best team in the SEC East under Georgia. And when they play Georgia, they might give them a run for their money. We'll see. But what does Texas A&M need to do to beat Kentucky? That's a good question. Glad you asked. We'll hit on that in the next two segments. But before that, Jimbo Fisher, during his uh, weekly press conference on Monday, talked about Kentucky. And uh, he was asked, you know, are you surprised by their success? And he said, no. Mark Stoops has been an assistant of mine at Florida State. He was my defensive coordinator. I knew he's a really good football coach. I knew he would do well there. And then he went on to talk about Kentucky, just about their team, you know, offense, defense, special teams. And I kept on waiting for him to say a weakness that they have, maybe a way that Texas A&M can expose them. It never happened. Jimbo Fisher had just good things to say about Kentucky all across the board. So let's hear from him. Let's hear what he said about the 13th ranked Kentucky Wildcats. So we got to get ready for a Kentucky team this week who is playing extremely well. I mean, they can run the football, Snell, the running back. I've never seen a guy that can take one yard run, look like a one yard run, and all of a sudden it's eight. Their offensive line does a great job inside blocking. He finds holes, wiggles, and all of a sudden, boom, he's out there for a big play. I mean, just constantly just competing and how he makes yards and, and what he does. The quarterback's very dynamic and explosive. You have to keep leverage on him. He can run. They, they, you think you get caught up in that run game, then they throw the deep ball over your head. Uh, in the passing game, they do what they have to. They understand what their team is and what they're doing defensively. 
uh, play outstanding defense. A 41 is just, just one heck of a player. I mean, he's athletic. Allen just he can run, he can play the pass, run, I mean, drop. There's nothing they can't do. 31, the other end, does a great job. And they have a ton. When you research this team, there's a ton of fourth and fifth year players on this team. The guys have been a lot of games, been a lot of battles, know how to play, know their assignments, don't make mistakes, play to each other, the defense, the offense. The inside backer, 34, is athletic as heck, can run. 56 is physical, tackles downhill. Uh, 25 comes down in the box. The two corners can cover like crazy. Six and eight. Seven is a great nickel and, and safety in that regard. So, I mean, they're, they're sound all the way across. They don't beat themselves. They take care of the ball. They run it. They, they play to each other, the offense and defense. They kick the ball well. And uh, Mark's doing a heck of a lesson. I know Mark was my defense coordinator at, at Florida State. He is one heck of a football coach, comes from a great family of, of football coaches and knows how to win, knows how to play. Do you think Jimbo Fisher watches film? Do you think he studies the game of football? Because he could tell you everything about Kentucky. And at that time, at that point in time, he'd only been preparing for them for, what, maybe a day or two? Because Saturday's game against Arkansas, and then you had Sunday, and then the weekly press conference was on Monday. So you know he's been at work in his office watching film on Kentucky. But yeah, Kentucky's a really good team. It's going to be tough for Texas a and I think on paper, these teams are about as even as it gets. If not, I think Kentucky might have the edge. And it's interesting because I said earlier in the week when the spread was five and a half in favor of A&M that I thought it would continue to go down to about three and a half or four. Well, I was wrong. As of right now, the spread is Texas A&M by six. So Texas A&M, almost a full touchdown and extra point favorite over Kentucky, according to Las Vegas. That's interesting to me. I know Texas A&M's at home. I know Kyle Field uh, is supposedly a really big home field advantage. It hasn't been that way over the last five, 10 years, it seems. It seems like Kevin Sumlin, when he was at Texas A&M, just couldn't get that big win at home. And before that, with Mike Sherman, I think the biggest home win was probably, what, Nebraska in 2010? If not, maybe Baylor 2011, when they had Robert Griffin. But it's been a long time since Texas A&M has really had that big-time home field advantage. I don't think opponents have been afraid of walking into Kyle Field for quite some time. So if that's the reason why the spread is so shifted towards Texas A&M, again, a six-point favorite, I don't know. I just don't really see the reasoning behind that. But again, maybe Las Vegas knows something that we don't. But again, Texas A&M, a six-point favorite over Kentucky on Saturday. Can they cover that? I don't know. It's going to be really tough. We'll talk more about that later. But six points, very interesting, because right now, Looking at these two teams on paper, I think Kentucky has the better football team. I really do. I'm not saying that I think they'll win. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I think on paper, Kentucky looks like they're the better football team. I really do. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the things Texas A&M needs to do to beat Kentucky. The keys to the game, if you will. But before that, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. Baseball playoffs have finally arrived. NFL season's underway. College football season is in full swing. I love to go to the games as much as I like to watch them at my house. I mean, there's nothing better than going with some friends to a game, just enjoying it. But whenever I make that decision, whenever I decide that I want to go to the game, there's only one place I go to, and that's Vivid Seats. And right now, Vivid Seats has a really special offer, an exclusive offer, if you will, for my listeners. They have a promo code for you. It's locked on. So go to the App Store, go to Google Play, Download the Vivid Seats app, enter promo code Locked On, and you'll get $20 off new orders of $200 or more. Now, there's only one catch. You have to be a new customer of Vivid Seats. But if you're a new customer, enter promo code Locked On, you'll get $20 off orders of $200 or more, and it gets better. 
Every purchase purchased through Vivid Seats comes with a 100% buyer back guarantee. So not only do you get your tickets, they're also guaranteed. It doesn't get better than that. So go to Vivid Seats, go to the app, Google Play or the App Store, download it, enter promo code Locked On, $20 off any purchase of $200 or more if you're a new customer. Vivid Seats has sent me to games time and time again. They'll do it to you too. I recommend them. Vivid Seats, again, promo code Locked On, $20 off purchases of $200 or more for a new customer of Vivid Seats. You're listening to the Locked On Aggies podcast. Locked On Aggies, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics. I'm Taylor Travis. I'm your host. This podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Texas A&M, Kentucky, facing off Saturday night, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Should be a really good football game. Again, Texas A&M favored by 6. I think it's going to be a really close game. It's going to be really close into the fourth quarter. These two teams about as even as it gets. But what does Texas A&M need to do to ensure a win on Saturday? There's a lot of things they need to do, but I'm going to try and narrow it down to about three or four different things. And the number one thing that Texas A&M needs to do, in my opinion, and this is probably obvious, because when you think of Kentucky football this year, a certain guy probably comes to mind. That's Benny Snell. Benny Snell has been the best running back who nobody has heard of for the last couple of years. He had a big freshman year. He had a really big sophomore year. I mean, you look at his sophomore stats. They were off the charts. He ran the ball 262 times, 1,333 yards, 19 touchdowns. His freshman year before that, he had 186 carries for 1,091 yards and 13 touchdowns. He's been a really good running back for a long time. And unless you're an avid SEC fan, unless you're one of those guys who watches the SEC really closely, you've probably never heard of Benny Snell up until this year. But Benny Snell picked up right where he left off last season. So far, through five games, he's carried the ball 115 times for 639 yards, averaging 5.6 yards per carry, eight touchdowns. Benny Snell, in my opinion, is the best running back in the country. Without a doubt. You can make an argument for Bryce Love. You can make an argument for Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin. Other than that, I don't really know who you can make an argument for. I really don't. Benny Snell coming into the game fourth in the country in total rush yards. Daryl Henderson of Memphis is number one. Jamar Jefferson of Oregon State's two. And then A.J. Dillon of Boston College, who, by the way, is a really underrated running back for the Eagles. But after that, there's Benny Snell. Benny Snell is the best running back in the country. I wholeheartedly believe that people will disagree with me. But right now, I'll say this. His odds to win the Heisman are 50-1. to 1. I expect that to start creeping up as time goes on. But it really surprised me when I looked earlier today what the odds are for Benny Snell to win the Heisman. And they were 50-1. to 1. You know, Jimbo Fisher talked about Benny Snell. And he said that Benny Snell reminds him of a certain player who a lot of you are probably really familiar with and maybe even a big fan of. In fact, his daughter plays soccer at Texas A&M right now. But let's find out who that is. Who does Benny Snell remind Jimbo Fisher of? I think we're playing the run really well. And that's one of the things in that game I thought we did an excellent job of, of making that you know, of rushing and a rush defense. And that's going to start with that. We're going to have to. We're going to get challenged because, like I said before, it's not when there's no yards there. And you look down and say, well, we got him. It's second five. It's second. I mean, I've never seen a guy that can wiggle and, and, I, and I, for a lack of a better time, he reminds me of the way Emmett used to run. I mean, Emmett had the big plays and we did all that, but Emmett made yards on everything he did. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, back in the day when you really watched him, you think, well, they got him. At the end of the day, he'd have 25 carries for about 160. Where, where did that come from? I mean, it's just constantly moving the chains. And he runs, and he's strong, and he's powerful. And all of a sudden, he breaks out. He's a very patient, and he finds space in places there aren't spaces there shouldn't be. Emmett Smith, a really good comparison. You know, I after I heard Jimbo Fisher make that comparison, I went to YouTube, I looked up videos of Emmett Smith running the ball, and then I looked up videos of Benny Snell running the ball, and they really do run very similar. Like bowling balls, they run right into that line. They find holes where it seems like there's nowhere for them to go. And like Jimbo Fisher said, they take like a one or two yard gain and turn it into five, six, sometimes seven yards. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how Emmett Smith did it. I don't know how Benny Snell does it, but he does. And that's what makes him, in my opinion, the best back in the country. Now, best all around back, eh, you have an argument there. Benny Snell, not necessarily known for his hands, but best pure running back. I think, without a doubt, he's the best in the country. Now, Texas A&M's going to have to stop him. How? Well, they were able to stop Clemson. They were able to stop Alabama. But they haven't seen a guy like Benny Snell. I know Damian Harris and Najee Harris of Alabama are two really talented running backs who are probably going to play in the NFL someday. But they haven't seen a guy quite like Benny Snell. One thing they're going to have to do is they're going to have to tackle. We've seen really poor tackling from Texas A&M so far this year. And I know most of it has been in the secondary. But there's been some bad tackling from the linebacker group as well. That's something Texas A&M is going to have to clean up. They're also going to have to get a push up front. The def- defensive line, like Daylon Mack, Kingsley Kiki, Justin Matabuke, they're all going to have to get some push and get into the backfield in order to stop Benny Snell. It's going to be tough. It's a really tough task. In fact, it's the hardest test so far this year for the Texas A&M rush defense. Again, they've been really good, but they haven't seen a guy quite like Benny Snell just yet. Take a look at what Snell has done so far this year against teams with good defenses. I mean, you have Florida, whose defense probably isn't as good as what we expected, but they're still very respectable. He ran the ball 27 times for 175 yards. Okay. Mississippi State, who coming into the year had one of the more experienced defensive fronts in the SEC. 25 carries, 165 yards, and four touchdowns. Okay. What about... South Carolina, that's a Will Muschamp defense, a very experienced defense, 28 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Very efficient, almost 100 yards rushing in each one of those games. The only one he came up short, he had 99 yards. But like Jimbo Fisher said, Benny Snell just finds ways to get yards against good defenses, bad defenses, it doesn't matter. But this is going to be a really big matchup because it's the SEC's leading rusher against the best run defense in the league, statistically at least, in Texas A&M. Now, the question is, who needs to step up for the Aggies in order to stop any snow? Well, it starts up front. Again, the front seven. You have guys like Dalen Mack, Justin Matabuke, Kingsley Kiki, Landis Durham, at linebacker Tyrell Dotson, Atoro Ilaka, Buddy Johnson. Buddy Johnson needs to have a big game. That's a name who I thought we'd be hearing called a lot more often than we have so far this year. I thought he would take a big step forward this year at linebacker. Not really the case so far, but he has a big opportunity against Kentucky on Saturday to step up in a big way and help this Texas A&M defense shut down the best running back in the country. It's going to be interesting to see because, like I said, the best running back in the SEC and the best run defense in the SEC, at least statistically, something's got to give. But what's it going to be? Now, another area of concern, somewhat at least, Texas A&M, their secondary, we all know, they've been pretty poor so far this season. In fact, they ranked 108th overall in the country in passing yards allowed. Now, 
you look at Kentucky on paper, you would think that's not too big of a deal, right? Because Kentucky ranks 117th in passing offense. But I will say this. If they give the ball to Benny Snell time and time again, and Benny Snell's running the ball down Texas A&M's throat, eventually Kentucky's going to run a play action, and they're going to look to go right over the top of that Texas A&M secondary. So that secondary is going to need to keep those Kentucky receivers in front of them. They cannot allow to fall asleep and have any busted coverages like we've seen several times this year. The Aggies are going to need a good performance from the secondary, and that's where Donovan Wilson is so important. He usually plays safety, sort of a deep safety, like a center field, if you will. When Kentucky tries to go over the top, if he's able to read the quarterback's eyes, if he's able to make a play like he did against Arkansas at the end of the game last Saturday, that's going to go a long way in this game. Because like I said, I think this is going to be a really close game in the fourth quarter. One turnover, that could be the turning point. That could be all she wrote, depending on who turns the ball over. Donovan Wilson, I think, will be crucial in this football game. But my first key to the game, again, you have to find a way to stop Benny Snell, force Kentucky to do something that they don't normally do, and that's throw the ball. If you can do that, you're probably in pretty good shape against the Wildcats. Coming up next, we're going to talk about a couple more keys to the game. But before I do that, I want to tell you about Locked On NBA. The NBA season is just around the corner. The preseason has started. I'm a big NBA fan. You probably are too. And you have your favorite NBA team. For me, it's the Rockets. And whenever I want my latest Rockets news, analysis, so on and so forth, I like to listen to Locked On Rockets. Again, that's a podcast in the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, hosted by Ben DeBose. My buddy's a big Mavericks fan. He listens to Locked On Mavericks. He loves it. I have another friend who's a Spurs fan. He listens to Locked On Spurs. He loves it too. If you're an NBA fan, I encourage you to open up Apple Podcasts, open up Spotify, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, and just search Locked On and then insert your team's name and listen to your podcast. Again, all these Locked On NBA podcasts, it's every team on the network. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, now with Locked On NBA. This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. Locked On Aggies, your daily source for everything Texas A&M Athletics a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, hosted by myself, Taylor Travis, at TaylorTravis15 on Twitter. You can also follow the show at Locked On Aggies as well. So we, I've already given one key to the game. I've already given one thing that Texas A&M has to do to get a win, and that's stop Benny Snell some way, somehow. So far, he hasn't been stopped all year. I still have two things that Texas A&M needs to do in order to beat 13th ranked Kentucky on Saturday at Kyle Field. And number two... Somebody has to step up at the wide receiver position for Texas A&M. Now, that's significant because if you remember, Jamon Osman, who was Texas A&M's wide receiver one, whether he's been playing like that or not, he was the wide receiver one, is out indefinitely with a foot injury. It looks like he's going to be out for a while. So who's going to step up in his absence? Who's going to be the guy they can go to on the outside to make plays when it's third and seven, fourth and five, and you need a big first down through the air? Who's going to step up? It's not going to be easy. Can it be Cam Buckley? Can it be Kendrick Rogers? Can it be Hezekiah Jones, Rashad Paul? Can it be a freshman like Jalen Preston from Manville? It's not going to be easy against Kentucky because you look at this Kentucky secondary, number one, they're ranked first in the country in pass defense efficiency. And number two, when you look at the depth chart, when you look at the film, you see why. Because all four DBs, both safeties, both corners, are fourth-year seniors. Derek Beatty, Lonnie Johnson at corner, Mike Edwards and Darius West at safety. All four guys can make a play at any given time, and they've made it really hard for opposing teams to throw the ball this year. 
Texas A&M has to have somebody step up in the wide receiver position if they want to have no problems moving the ball. It's not going to be easy. I know Jay Sternberger, the Texas A&M tight end, has had a monster year. He's probably the go-to guy now through the air. But if they're able to stop that or even slow it down, who do you go to? Because it's going to be tough to run the ball in Kentucky. Like I talked about yesterday, Travion Williams had a nice game against Arkansas Saturday, but most of his runs were on the outside, the lead blocker like Colin Glaspia or one of the tight ends. You won't be able to have as much success doing that against Kentucky because their linebackers are so athletic and they can go sideline to sideline and make those tackles before you get to the first down marker. That's just how it is. I still think Travion Williams is capable of having a nice game, but you're not going to be able to run the ball on Kentucky like you did against Arkansas last week. So Texas A&M's going to have to find a way to move the ball through the air, and it's going to be tough without that wide receiver one and Jamon Osmond. Somebody's going to have to step up. Who will that be? That remains to be seen, but it has to happen. And on that same token, Kellen Mond, coming off the worst game of the year so far against Arkansas, he's going to have to bounce back and have a good game as well. He's going to have to get the ball to those receivers. So Kellen Mond is going to have to have a big game, a wide receiver. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but somebody's going to have to step up. It could be a committee thing. Maybe everybody steps up, everybody makes plays, but somebody's going to have to be that guy Kellen Mond can go to on third and long, on a big fourth down when you need the first down. You can throw it to him. You can trust him to make the catch and get to the sticks. Right now, I don't see that guy on the Texas A&M roster. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that guy emerges, but right now, I don't see that on this Texas A&M team. My third and final thing Texas A&M has to do in order to win this football game is special teams, specifically Seth Small. Seth Small stepped into the biggest environment of his football career at any level against Alabama and Tuscaloosa, played really well, kicked that one 50-plus yard field goal, kicked another one from about 35. Against Arkansas last week, he missed two somewhat easy kicks. That's the first time we've seen him struggle this year. But Seth Small is going to have to have a big game for Texas A&M. I know he's a freshman. That's asking a lot out of a true freshman kicker. But if the game plays out how I think it'll play out, a close game in the fourth quarter, you can't leave any points on the board because one missed field goal could very easily end up being the difference in the game. Seth Small is going to have to have a fantastic game to give Texas A&M a chance to win. Braden Mann, the Texas A&M punter, the reigning SCC Special Teams Player of the Week, you'll have to have a big game as well. In a close, low-scoring game, Field position is crucial, and Braden Mann so far this year has proven that he's a really big asset for Texas A&M, and I believe he's going to be very valuable on Saturday. And also the kick return game, Rashad Paul, Ja'Shawn Corbin, a big kick return in a game that's going to be this close in the fourth quarter could go a long way towards giving Texas A&M the victory. Now my final prediction, it's tough, because like I said before, early on in the show, looking at these two teams side by side, Rewatching some of the games, I really think Kentucky, top to bottom, might have the better team than Texas A&M. But Texas A&M's at home. I think that the home field advantage is starting to trend more towards A&M now. I think the 12th man's starting to wake up. I think Jimbo Fisher is a big part of that. I think Texas A&M wins this game. It's going to be close. It's going to be really, really close. But I think Texas A&M edges Kentucky. And I think my final score is going to be 20-17. to 17. 20 to 17 in a really low scoring, close game. It's really going to come down to a field goal late, 
Somebody's going to make a field goal. Somebody's going to miss a field goal that swings the momentum. Maybe it comes down to one big play. Maybe a Kellen Mond 70-yard pass to Cam Buckley. Maybe a Travion Williams. Maybe he, he busts a big 75-yard run like we've seen him do before. Maybe it's Benny Snell busting a big run. Maybe it's Kentucky with a play action over the top like we talked about. Maybe it's a big kickoff return. It's going to come down to one play in the fourth quarter. I don't know what it's going to be, but there's going to be one play in the fourth quarter that ultimately is going to be the difference in the game. That's my prediction. 20-17, to 17, Texas A&M wins a close one, a nail-biter. It's going to be a good game. Again, 13th-ranked Kentucky coming into Kyle Field on Saturday, 6 o'clock ESPN. A really, really intriguing matchup. And if you like watching good running backs, you better watch this game because two of the best running backs in the SEC, Benny Snell, Travion Williams, are going to be on display. It's going to be a fun one Saturday night. That's going to do it for tonight's episode of Locked On Aggies. Again, I'm your host, Taylor Travis, the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics. We'll be back on Monday morning to break down what I saw from the game on Saturday. But until then, again, you're listening to Locked On Aggies, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.